Hi, I'm Adrian and this is I'm Also. Jazz. Science fiction. What do they have in common? The answer is jazz pianist and composer Ben Wilcock. Ben has just released his first single, Aenia, from the forthcoming sci-fi album inspired The River Tevis. Ben has been performing jazz for over 20 years and played sets including at Glastonbury, Java Jazz Festival and the New Zealand Music Awards. Hello, hello Ben. Hi Adrian. How did the uh, new album come about? Right, so... Uh, sci-fi feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, end of the Jazz Festival in Wellington last year in November, uh, we booked a studio recording session and a night session, went in there about 10 o'clock, 10 p.m., and recorded a whole bunch of improvised music, as well as a few, well, tunes, I guess, um, but mostly improvised. And then after that, I attached names to each song from a sci-fi novel series I've been reading over the last couple of years called Hyperion by Dan Simmons. And it's that particular sci-fi story is about distant worlds being connected and uh, ah, it's just really cool. It's cool stuff, man. If you like, if you like sci-fi, if you like Star Trek, all that kind of stuff, you'd love this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's so, no Star Trek in, in in this album, is there? There's the oh. <laughs> there's a few teleportation noises. No, there's not. But there's, yeah. So basically, the, the 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 titles for the songs and the general theme of it has come after the fact that of the recording itself. So it's a little bit in reverse in that in that regard. And this usually you're known for your for your swing music, but this is a bit bit different, isn't it? Yeah, this is definitely different. It's a, a departure from uh, what I've done the last seven or eight years of uh, conventional swing based material. Um, and I still there's still some swing in there. There's definitely some some groove based uh, material, but um, overall it's largely improvised. It's based on um, a collective improvisation, so really listening to each other and reacting. And rather than going through a chord progression and, and playing uh, jazz in a conventional way, there's a few other concepts we've gone for. For example, we've, we've everyone's playing off a different beat one, or we've got overlapping uh, tonalities, overlapping chords. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really modes. Does that come in there? There's modes. Wow, you've done your research. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll just say yeah. Sure, modes definitely. What, I mean, what's a mode? I just know it's to say modes, but... Oh, you want to go down that road with the mode? Just a very short... A mode is a... Well, the best way to think of it is a, is a sound, like a, a quality, a mood, a texture. We'll call it a mood. So it's definitely full of different moods. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and this, this particular album is a lot more contemporary than the last stuff, because I've always been influenced by older piano styles, particularly Errol Garner and Ahmed Jamal and those sort of 1950s piano players, but this is, um, I, I would say this is a real modern approach to jazz, quite contemporary. Yeah, so you didn't do more of like the sort of writing the songs beforehand and then going into the studio, this is a lot more the spontaneity of in the studio. Definitely. I, I had a list of songs I wanted to record, uh, which are well-known sort of standards. There's one called Star Eyes, which is a song from the 30s. There's a, a traditional Irish uh, slip jig called The Butterfly, beautiful tune. Um, it's just the way we treat them are not traditional. 
you know we, we haven't we've, we've gone for each song has its own approach and a lot of the material is just purely improvised so with with parameters anytime there's a purely improvised track there's always some sort of parameter like uh, we'll have a concept in mind behind that um but yeah that's the general vibe of it yeah and so the single reflects the whole album as a whole yeah definitely um so that that single it's got some beautiful violin playing on it with by uh, a guy called Tristan Carter, who's a Wellingtonian, uh, Wellington-based violinist. He plays a whole bunch of oh different styles. He's he's got a, a wealth of experience in um, sort of Eastern European and Middle Eastern type approaches to to playing music on the violin, and um, yeah, so that. He's on a few tracks, and I thought that single, Aenea, is just really uh, representative of the whole album. It's got a nice-looking cover as well. Thanks, man. Who, who did that? Well, I did the cover for the single. That's just a photograph of, uh, of a coastline that's been filtered and all that kind of stuff. But the actual artwork for the album is by uh, a Rotorua-based artist called Riley Claxton, who's done... Uh, one of my previous albums, The Phantom Canoe. He just had an exhibition, didn't he? That's right, he did, yeah. Yeah, he just had an exhibition of his photography. Um, what's it? it was called Spend the Night, Not a Fortune. Oh, that's catchy. Yeah. So, yeah, Riley's great. So he, he's um, And that album artwork isn't out yet. That's going to come out when the actual album gets released in August. Yeah. Um, and... So what were the, was there any sort of big challenges of putting out the whole album, the sort of the whole process, not necessarily the music, you know, the music, the promoting, distributing, any big challenges? Uh, not, not musically, Adrian. Um, musically, it's something I'm probably the most proud of out of all of my recorded output. Uh, it's, it's, it was really fresh, the, the approach we took. So musically, I'm, I'm really, really happy with the audio quality. Um, so it was recorded by a great engineer called Benny Kruger and, and mastered by Lorenzo uh, Boone down in Wellington and great studio on top of a building on the terrace called Sandbox and Benny happens to be a piano tuner as well so beautiful piano, beautiful location, nighttime session, what could go wrong, you know. Um, it's After you do the recording that's when the, the work starts so it's, it's almost like... Um, the difficulty in this is just lining things up, lining up the artwork, lining up the dates, uh, press releases, performances, all that kind of stuff, so that it it makes sense to the uh, to the audience. You know, they can see music coming out, and then there's the album, and then there's oh, they can go to a concert and this, that, and the other. So, who so else was on the album playing? Uh, we've got uh, my partner of, in crime of John Ray. He's um, we run our, our record label together, Thick Records New Zealand, and he's a fantastic drummer and composer and um, originally from Edinburgh. Um, yeah, and so he's playing the drums on that one, and uh, we've got Dan Yebsley on the double bass and Tristan on the violin, myself on piano. How many nights was it just, you said, not, was it like a recording? Oh, it was just one. It was one just long one night. night the session. whole album in a night. Yeah, yeah, and that's we've, I think the that's pretty standard for this type of music. Um, it was a it was quite a long session, you know. It was what we'd call an all nighter. <laughs> um, but that was it was cool because the the preparation was done beforehand. We'd been playing 
at the festival for about three or four days every night, a couple of times a night, you know, so we're, we've been playing music with each other leading up to it. So we were in good form, already already in good shape. You know. And you're quite, uh, you're not uh, pro, pro, you're quite uh, pro, proact- productive on your, on your album releases. You had one last year, didn't, was it last year? That, yeah, that's right. Uh, Goodnight TV was a solo piano album that was recorded in uh, 11B in Mount Monganui by Evan Pope, and that was um, that was yeah. COVID hit then, um, and and I was planning to go to Australia. I had a five date tour of Australia to release that album, and then of course COVID hit, so I just released it online, which actually worked out fine, you know. Um, but I think trying to get an album out each year or every couple of years is is the goal whether or not that happens or not. Um, but yeah, I like to be proactive and productive and yeah. Cause you're a guest on my, in season one of this podcast and you're talking about Edinburgh, 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 Edinburgh is really annoying. You like it. You've been, then, you been to Edinburgh. <laughs> I have, I have lived there and you're going on about it. And then luckily COVID struck and you couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> so it was great. Uh, well, I'm still planning on going back, maybe not for a couple of years. Yeah, but, but you're going to uh, go back to Australia hopefully soon, I guess. Yeah, I'll probably leave it for a little while until things are a little bit more settled. But um, yeah, it makes sense to go to Australia. That's our next, uh, well, it's our closest place, obviously, to New Zealand. And they've got a great jazz scene over there, lots of places to play. So um, uh, yeah, definitely we'll be going to Australia in the next one or two years. Yeah, and you've got your brother in the UK as well. He's, he's a musician as well, isn't he? Yeah, brother's been a musician for about, oh, he's been there 20 years, I suppose, in London and around about, uh, he's now on the East Coast, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he getting back into performing as well now? They've just started to, yeah, after how many months they've been locked down, they've just started to get gigging again, which is funny one, eh, because we've been pretty much back to normal here and... uh, Geez, we played the Tauranga Jazz Festival in April to a full house in a theatre and then we'll go to this festival and that festival and yet around the world they're still on lockdown in some places. And yeah, it's hard to comprehend. It really is. It's, uh, and I try not to rub it in his face, you know, and say, oh, I've been gigging and performing and all this kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, they, they're just getting into it now. So that, that's pretty cool. What does your brother play? He's a guitar player. He's a he's a guitarist. Yeah. What style does he play? He's an he's an everything guy. Uh, he, yeah, he, he plays a whole bunch of music, different styles and genres, and um, yeah, just everything really. I mean, he's yeah, great player. On on uh, the performing, I just listened to the, listened to the podcast. I listened to a podcast on ninety nine percent invisible, and they're talking about the jazz, the real book. That was very interesting. But all the jazz standards and the musicians would get the copy of the book, which had been sort of first illegally produced. Yeah. But it was a great resource for all the jazz musicians. Yeah, essentially, I think the first ones were handwritten and they, from my memory, I, they were called fake books. Yeah, the fake books. Fake book. And, and then, then they the originated book. the real book. Yeah, when it became sort of uh, legitimized, I guess, because they were they were you know, had to go through publishers and all that kind of stuff. So they get the real book and now there's a whole lot of real books. And yeah, it's like the American uh, songbook jazz standards and show tunes and all that kind of stuff. And um, they're usually three or four, 500 pages thick. And every young jazz musician 
usually has one or two copies of some sort of real book or fake book and they uh, they get rebound over the years because they live in gig bags and get thrashed about and yeah they're a great resource you know and of course you know, so you need to take the music but you better sort of need to take it in your in your own direction as a as an artist yeah and there's it's, it's like learning a language you know you, you learn the history of it you learn how to how to speak and um and then you form your own uh sound you know um there's nothing i mean still play standards even on this album coming up we've got star eyes and uh, groove and high which is a dizzy gillespie bebop thing but we just treat them in our way you know and, and try to do something different with them so conceptually it's a lot more contemporary but the the songs the songs are usually so i mean they're such good songs that they can stand the test of time and it may be a cheesy thing to say but it's true and that's why people still play and listen to them and yeah what are you listening to at the moment oh i'm listening to a bunch of different sort of different styles and um, what have i been listening to i've been listening to music that i've got to play at the jazz festival coming up so I uh, listen, listen to a lot of John Ray's music, uh, a lot of um, uh, playing in a, in a in a hard bop band on Saturday with a there's a trumpet player called Lee Morgan who was famously shot on stage. So I've been listening to him and uh, non jazz stuff is probably a, I've been listening to a bit of the Fleet Foxes, a bit of uh, I don't know what else really, a lot of Brazilian music as well. Like I like sambas and bossa novas and yeah. And have you been listening to that on Spotify? Funny you should mention that. Yeah, that's that's my point of call for uh, listening to music. It's, it's Spotify and YouTube. And is your name on Spotify? Yeah, I'm definitely on Spotify, and that's how I release my music. Yes, new singles uh, there. The new single is there. Yep, Ben Wilcock, uh, Ienia. You'll you'll find it there. I think I'm the only Ben Wilcock on Spotify. I think so. I was listening when I was listening yesterday. This is a good point to go into plug a product. Plug a product so we can talk about the single, the album, the the man, where to listen to you, and more importantly, where to get those dollars out, cha-ching, and do that foreign concept of buying your music. <laughs> right, so yeah, I mean, Spotify is the main online uh, place to find me. I'm also on YouTube. Uh, everything that we've released over the last seven or eight years can also be found on thickrecords.co.nz. That's the record label. And I think we've probably got 12, 13 albums out there on that uh, website. But in terms of this latest material, that is available at the moment on Spotify. You just need to find my name, follow me, and uh, I'll be bringing a couple more singles out probably one each month leading up to the album, which drops in August. And that's going to come out in vinyl as well. So Ooh, vinyl, vinyl. That's right. Yeah. How, how are you getting the, the, the albums made? Using a, an Australian company called Replicat. And uh, again, artwork by Riley Claxton. And um, that's all in the stages of being manufactured. So that should be here in August. You get a nice sound off the album, don't you, off the vinyl? Yeah, it's just cool, eh? I mean, it's a bit cooler than a CD. Sounds good. No CDs? Good. No CDs? I'm going to get some CDs made, yeah. I'll oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I, they're, they're harder and harder to sell, but people still ask for CDs. We used I to think do JB Hi-Fi's still got 
JB Hi-Fi still got some CDs, don't they? I think. They do. Yeah, JB Hi-Fi is pretty good, actually. They've got uh, vinyl and CDs, and they, they'll put some New Zealand, even New Zealand jazz musicians in their, uh, in their stores, which is pretty good. But, yeah, it's good to have it all, you know, because people still ask for CDs, and why not? And, and just to back to Thick Records, I read that they've gone into the UK. Yeah. Yeah, so last year we uh, launched... UK side of things with uh, a Scottish piano player called Brian Kellick, a wonderful piano player, and that album is called BK3. So um, when we launch in a different country, all it really means is that we're distributing music over there with musicians based in in Scotland, in this case. Um, so yeah, always looking to branch out and include other musicians in the record label, and and last year happened to be uh, over in the UK. So where will you be performing live coming up? Right. So the, the you next, got live gigs? Yeah, definitely. The uh, Wellington Jazz Festival, Friday the 11th of June at uh, 5 p.m. at a venue called Meow, which is in Edward Lane in Wellington. And um, so we'll play all the music from the album there. And that's instead of, we couldn't get Tristan Carter on the violin for this gig. So we've got uh, great saxophonist Roger Mannins from Auckland. And um, after that, we're at the Taranaki Jazz Club on the 4th of July. And following that, I'll be, once the album comes out, I'll be touring that into places like Auckland and Christchurch and Wellington and, yeah. Uh, just on maybe just some sort of music overall, where do you see things going in the next sort of five years for music as a, as a performer to make the money? Is it going to be gigging? I think, you, oh, you have to gig, you know, uh, the the, the uh, sales side of things uh, definitely generates some income and and that's all cool and it builds your fan base and your audience and allows people who are you know that can't come to your concerts to listen to you and but it's also I think performing is really important um, it's definitely what I like to do I like to play live I like the the organic nature of playing acoustic music live in front of an audience. Um, and I, I think that'll continue, to be honest. I'm not sure, as far as technology, what will happen next. You know, we've got streaming, we've got... Uh, it changes pretty quick, this game, so I'd be brave man to predict what's next. Is there a change you would like to see in the music industry? Maybe in the New Zealand music industry? Um, I think... I think there's... The, the only change I... Well... For me, being a jazz musician, being someone who plays improvised music in an acoustic setting, it's it's pretty hard to compete with a lot of the pop stuff that's out there. And, and I would love to see a... Actually, you know what would be cool? Uh, we've got Radio New Zealand. We've got a great jazz show on Radio New Zealand uh, Inside Out, hosted by Nick Tipping. And he's, he's fantastic at prom- promoting all of this New Zealand jazz. It would be great to have more radio stations like that, like a BBC model, you know, where you could have five or six different stations that are state-funded that are more tailored towards different genres, you know, acoustic music or folk music or, or something like that, you know, not just... We have our classical station and that's it, you know, and everything else seems to be commercial or pop-driven. You nearly lost, you nearly lost that, didn't you? You nearly lost the, the uh, classical station. Yeah, you know, that wouldn't have been too bad. They could have replaced it with a jazz station. Yeah. I remember you said on the first podcast we did that the, they did the the music awards they did the jazz award in the ad break. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's fairly standard, I think. 
<laughs> so um, just summing up, when's what are the important dates for the album release? Right, so the album The River Tethys is coming out August the 20th, and that will be available online and Spotify and at uh, thickrecords.co.nz and also on vinyl and CD. Okay, thank you very much for your time, Ben. Great, thanks, Adrian. I'll have to go read those books. Oh, you'll love it. Have you, have you, contacted, have you contacted them about saying, hey, hey guys, there's a bit of a tie-in here? No, but I've thought about it. Yeah? I've th- I have thought about it. I should, eh? They're going to find out, aren't they, when you've got that as yeah. your title? Yeah, i better contact them. <laughs> I mean, it's too late now. <laughs> it's happening.